Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is June 24th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, doing pretty good, feeling, I'd say great, dare I say great, yes. Uh, let's see here, we got some laundry done. It was that day of the week, that kind of Saturday. Um, you know, that was effective, pretty in and out. Got some donuts. That was yummy. Uh, we got a bear claw, uh, which I believe had like blueberry and maybe some kind of like cream cheese or something inside. It was really yummy. Uh, then I got a sticky bun and I got, what else did I get? A s- chocolate iced uh, sprinkled donut. So that was yummy. Also the food corner from last night. I went to Domino's, that's right, I slutted it up at Domino's, you got me, I'm guilty. I got a Philly cheesesteak pizza and one of the little Philly cheesesteak sandwiches. And yes, that too was yummy. So I've been on a tear, I've been eating it up, getting fatter. Uh, Let's see, is there any other personal news? No, 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 that's it. Uh, Before we get into the main news... Before I pop off, I do want to do a corrections corner from the last episode. I realize uh, it came to my attention that I already covered the Greek boat story. I kind of allude to it in a way. I was like, oh, yeah, it kind of got caught up in the shuffle. But I realized it's like, no, Isaiah, that was like June 14th. You covered that around that time. And I think the news kind of cycled around again, and I was like, oh, shit, I can't believe this happened, and I missed it. Like, that's crazy. But nope, I didn't. So let's just consider that an update, a little oopsie-daisy. Um, but yeah, so there's that. I, at least I, I, I get a lot of things wrong, okay? I'm, I'm only human, I, you know, so when I do notice it, when I do feel like it's pretty glaring, I'll go, okay, let me hop on, let me... Correct it. <laughs> um, all right, let me go ahead and do my thing, and then we will get into some news. All right. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. All right, our first article is from the Associated Press. Um, Putin calls armed rebellion by mercenary sh- uh, chief. Chief? Is it chief? It should be chef. Um, um, no, it is chief. I'm sorry. I'm going to get into the chef part later. My bad. Ooh, it's hidden. Let's just rewind. Putin calls armed rebellion by mercenary chief... Um, a betrayal and vows to punish its leaders. Now, um, Yevgeny Prigozhin, uh, we've talked about him a little bit. We've talked about the Wagner Group a tad. Uh, they've done some fucked up shit internationally, but as of lately, they've been, you know, really big in Ukraine. Uh, they did a lot in Bakhmut. I think the last we covered. Uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, he was there saying he was leaving it to the, you know, Russian military and he was peacing out, moving on to other stuff. 
Now, um, this has kind of been a big update, you know, since like Friday, Saturday. Um, but uh, v- Russian President Vladimir Putin on Saturday vowed uh, harsh punishment for the organizers of an armed rebellion spearheaded by mercenary chief Yevgeny Prigozhin, who led his troops out of Ukraine and into key southern and into a key southern city. Uh, Putin denounced the uprising as a stab in the back and an address to the nation. It was the biggest threat to his leadership in over two decades of power. So I, I'm not sure, like, like some details have come out, you know, as of this article and, you know, some other publications, whatever, on what's the motivation, you know, from Yevgeny Prigozhin. Because he's been popping off a lot, like on Telegram, a lot of videos, where, you know, he is yelling at, like, you know, military leaders, people in the Kremlin. But it's usually been very name, excuse me, very nameless. It's not like he's calling anyone out specifically. Um, that has been until recently. Apparently, he directly called out uh, Defense Minister Sergei Ser- Soigu. Something like that. Sorry, whatever. Um, but um, he said that this minister... Um, you know, okayed this um, bombing situation that like killed a bunch of his troops. And so he wanted to go and directly punish Sergei Sogu, and that's what he was doing. Now, you know, this has led to, you know, Putin coming out and having that address. Um, now, you know, Yevgeny is like, no, that's not what we're doing. This is a march. We are, you know, we're fighting for freedom here, you know, and he urged the army not to resist. Now, it is weird that he was able to just get into this southern part of Russia with, like, out what he says um, was, like, no gunfire. He's like, hey, we were allowed in. We were cool. Like, everyone understands why I'm here. What's, you know, what's my mission? And they're, they're cool with it. But, like, you know from the Kremlin side, they're like, yo, like, don't help this shit, don't support this shit, so, I don't know, this is very, you know, breaking news, um, obviously, you know, I think media is kind of itching to cover this, just because, I mean, the counteroffensive shit is kind of just calling, kind of falling flat, there was that, we've talked about the dam, um, so, something like this is just kind of, like, a big, juicy bit, and, uh, you know, the idea that maybe there's a fucking coup, you know, Cooked up no less by, you know, literally Putin chef. So that's crazy. Um, it's very interesting. That being said, do I think there's any, you know, high chance of success here by Evgeny to actually pull a successful coup? No, I don't. He does have like a substantial, what would you say, a paramilitary, you know, auxiliary force, what have you. But, um, you know, he's been kind of knocking heads with the Kremlin and I think another driving force in this was also um, the Kremlin had said, hey, by July 1st, everyone has to be, you know, not conscripted, but you have to be signed to like the army, more or less. You have to be signed to Russia. Russia is going to be more or less in control of what you do. And Evgeny Prigozhin was kind of fighting this and saying, hey, like, I'm willing to compromise, but they're not really working with me. So I'm not. You know, there's nothing I can do. My hands are tied here. So there's definitely been some static. Like I said, he's been chirping up a fucking lot. I think him saying a specific name 
him making physical actions. It's like, it's, it's almost like in his head, maybe he thinks he's like a young Caesar right now. Even though I think he's like in his 60s. These motherfuckers are not young. But um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be successful. I, I think this is maybe going to blow up in his face. That being said, I'm more curious on what the reaction from Putin's going to actually be. Like, obviously, you know, he's he's said like, hey, he didn't say Prigozhin by name, but he's like more or less called this dude a fucking traitor. So, you know, like, is he going to get the, you know, plutonium pizza or whatever? Plutonium? 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 I don't know. I'm fucked up with words today. But um, yeah, interesting start for the news today. Um, the chef of death versus, I don't know, Putin? <laughs> Anyway, um, let's move on to some other news. I'm going to bounce around here. Uh, let's go to Starbucks, my favorite coffee shop, um, CNN. Starbucks workers at 150 stores go on strike over pride decorations. Oop. Come on, computer. Let's go. Mosey along. All right. Workers at about 150 unionized Starbucks stores in the United States are going on strike Friday over a dispute about the coffee chain's policy for pride decorations in stores. Uh, Starbucks Workers United, the union representing organized stores, claim that Starbucks has restricted decorations celebrating Pride Month in some locations, demonstrating a hypocritical treatment of LGBTQIA plus workers. Um, Starbucks has forcefully denied this claim. <laughs> they have said that, like, that's like, why would you guys spread like, misinformation about us? That's crazy. We, like, love gay people. What? Come on. That's cr- y'all wild. <laughs> um, but um, let's see here. Uh, the union responded on Twitter. Uh, Starbucks gives autonomy to local leaders to find ways to celebrate. These leaders are the same ones issuing many of the pride bands. Um, let's see. It's pointing to an article that pride decor was banned from about 100 locations across parts of Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Missouri. Uh, those locations are in some of the more conservative... No, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I got an ad. Um, those locations are in some of the more conservative regions of a deeply divided United States. Many Starbucks locations across the country have been displaying pride decorations. So this does kind of fall in line with some of the boycotting shit we have talked about on the pod. You know, that, you know, from Bud Light to Target, now, you know, it kind of seems that, like, defensive strategy is kind of happening across a lot of corporations of, like, well, maybe we don't have to be, like, so gay. Maybe we, like, put the gay in, like, the back section of the, you know, establishment, whatever. So the scaling back of, like, merchandise and things of that nature during this month is, um... You know, it's a strategy I think a lot of corporations are doing just to make sure that they don't, you know, catch any flack or lose any customers or whatever. Now, obviously, I think that's personally a shame. Um, I'm sure there's other people out there who are like, bro, who cares? It's just it's just fucking corporate advertising anyway. Like, and I'd agree with that. Um, there's also some people who are like, yo, like it's representation. Like it does matter. It always matters. And, you know, you should be able to have that up. You shouldn't see a company you know shy away from it and also 
that this is the employees that are saying, yo, we have a problem with this. You know, we're a unionized organization and we have a problem with it. So for me, I've been personally like, yeah, fucking go for it. We, we stand, we stand. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to give a little coverage to that. Talk about that real quick. Um, yeah, we can go move along. Now we're going to go to LA. This was a story that actually popped up while I was listening to BBC, um, their world news podcast, and they were talking about van lords. And I, I, I don't know, man, this shit kind of fucked me up. It, it made me feel a little cold because like, it's just so dystopian what I'm going to try to describe to you here. Um, I, I want to say the betters, there's an art, there's some articles about this out. It's just, you kind of have to look for it if you're really going to look, but, um, I imagine there's probably one you can find on BBC since I got it from the podcast, but what I'm going to read from today is ABC seven. Um, in Los Angeles, the homeless pay rent for RVs that offer shelter and little else. An entire network of van lords exists with applicants eager to call the four walls on wheels home. Now, look, I'm all for the idea of a tiny home. Like, I don't want to besmirch that idea of, you know, maybe like a compact kind of lifestyle, a mobile kind of lifestyle. But you need to understand that that is not what the fuck this is. This is some dystopian ass fucking shit. Um, Essentially, the layout of what's kind of going on is you'll have a sprawl of like RVs that get like lined up in areas and it's just more or less people just living there, um, which is like, hey, if, if you have a place that you're, you know, obviously allowed to have, like, you know, I'm trying to think, uh, like a mobile home kind of situation, that's fine. That's fucking cool. There's no beef or problem with that. But the situation here is like, these are people living in RVs that are not sustainable. These are RVs. These are like supposed to be like, oh, you know, let me get, go across the country, you know, to the country don't you wanna go like you know like these are just stationary situations and they 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 have like barely anything in them and people are paying 400 to 800 dollars 400 to 800 dollars a month and now and i'm sure in la if there's anyone out there listening you know out west and cali like they're like well i mean that is cheap because <laughs> i know the price of living there is fucking high it's crazy but you should not be paying for a, a, a place of living that you cannot do the things that you need to do, like use the restroom, like take a shower. Like these amenities are not there. Like this is literally just a place to shelter you from like storms, from cold. That's it. That's all this is providing. And like there are people who are like, yeah, no, I, I love this. Like this is much better than living out on the street. But at the end of the day, the this this just shouldn't be the way that it is. There should be programs out there, things out there that people actually would rather take and do. There's like, and I know that in this article at the end of it, because they, they do, they follow. I really honestly don't love this article because it is kind of disjointed. It's one of those kind of like local sites or whatever. But they follow a person by the name of Lorna and they tell her story. Um, she lives with her dogs, um, in an RV that's parked on Forest Lawn. Now, she loves this, her little life. She like, loves this little setup, but it is not a, like, way to live. It's not sustainable, especially when you have the city, like, no, like, we don't want this. Like, the people who are living in the area don't want this, like, 
new caravan of RVs. So it gets broken up and then the RVs just get moved along. Now, um, the Van Lords is obviously kind of like the title that brought me to this shit. Um, see if I can find it. They talk about it from one person's perspective. Um, do, 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 do Greg William. Oh, what a fucking character. Now, if you haven't picked up in this podcast, I'm not the biggest fan of landlords. I've had a bad personal run with them when I just look at them and they're, they're stationed in this whole kind of hierarchy. Hierarchy. This whole fucking system is just one of those things where it, it, it makes me to do the Arthur's fist. You know what I mean? And I don't care. They do the kind of CEO shuffle thing where they try to make what they do like a very wholesome like endeavor that they're actually like a part of the community. They're actually doing the world a fucking favor when really all they did was buy a spot and they sold it so that they can make some money. You're not sold it. They, they rented it out. That's all fucking landlords are doing. Like, I just don't fucking care. Oh, oh, I gave a turkey. I gave a turkey for Thanksgiving. I gave a ham for Christmas. Bro, okay. Drug dealers do that and they go to jail. So, like, don't, don't, don't sell me that. Like, that absolves you of some fucking sin. That's, that's a tangent. But I'm sorry. Let's talk about Greg William. He bought an RV. He, he has bought and rented out RVs to unhoused for almost a decade. In a conversation with ABC7... Um, oops, sorry. Um, William says he owns 15 of them now, scattered around town, and charges between 600 and 800 a month. I work with them, and I almost always do sliding scale. So basically, whatever you can afford is um, what I work with you on. I fucking guarantee you this guy is just being fucking chummy for the fucking camera. Um, now Lorna explains that she got hers for 400, but that's because she kind of knew a guy. She kind of got kind of like grandfathered in or some kind of shit. So, but she's like other people pay like hundreds of dollars more. And it's like, this is not a deal. Like, this is not a sweetheart deal. Like what Hunter Biden got is a sweetheart deal, baby doll. But this is not that. <laughs> Oh, it's it's sad. And and this guy's acting like he's like humanitarian of the fucking year. Um he says that he um an R V costs between two thousand to five thousand up front. Um requires about two hundred to four hundred dollars of maintenance a month. And he profits about two thousand to eight thousand a month. And the thing that's so fucking crazy here is that this is just a micro of like, what are people are doing with actual homes? You know what I mean? Like, this person just said, oh, let me just do the, like, kitschy little model on wheels. Because at least now I can move them when the state starts fucking with me or whatever, man. It's, it's fucking crazy. Um, so, yeah. Like I said, at the end of the story, though, they do talk about, like, they try to offer, I think, Lorna, um, you know, some options, but she declines it. Um... But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you just don't want to be on the streets, and I get it. And at the end of the day, the idea of maintaining an actual apartment in that area is hard. And what are you going to do? Move out? You don't have a car. Like, people just, they talk about the bootstrap shit so fucking much, and it's very frustrating. Um, I mean, we could we could talk forever about the homeless problem, not just in LA, but just, you know, and not just in America, but worldwide. But anyway... Um, I just really wanted to talk about this shit because it did get my goat. Um, yeah, we can go ahead and move along to the next thing. The last thing. We're going to talk some tech. We're going to talk some fraud. Well, like hacking. Yeah, hacking. 
It could be fraud. Maybe later it might be fraud. It might grow to fraud. Um, all right, but I'm going to take my last little break, and we'll do some coverage, and, we'll, and I'll let you go. You can enjoy your Saturday or whatever day you're on. Ooh-wee. All right. The last article comes from Tech Radar Pro, or, yeah, Tech Radar. <coughs> Excuse me. Over 100,000 <coughs> chat, <coughs> chat GPT accounts stolen and sold on dark web. Um, so this is kind of a little bit like, oh, shit. Especially if you are a chat GPT user, I'm sure this is kind of like, uh-oh, whoa. Um, but thousands of chat GPT users could be at risk of fraud, scams, or cyber attacks after they were targeted by info-stealing malware, experts have revealed. More than 101,000 stealer-infected devices with saved chat GPT login details have been identified by Singapore-based cybersecurity group firm, Group IB. Uh, the company's threat intelligence platform found 101,134 chat GPT uh, credentials tucked away within the logs of info-stealing malware traded on dark web marketplaces over the past 12 months with more than a quarter of them coming from May 2023 alone. So, sadly, there's not too much you can really do about this if your information is up for uh, sale. Um, Potentially, like, anything you've put into ChatGPT could be at risk. Also, just potentially anything that like could be linked to the browser i think is potentially at risk but to be fair if you are an online person that's just something you have to accept as a risk like no matter what like what whatever whatever what you're logging into or doing you're probably compromising yourself more and more and more um excuse me that's just kind of the you know the sad circumstances of the world we live in these digital times so it is probably best to you know do what is it called you know good um security hygiene digital hygiene whatever the fuck they call it you know rotate your passwords change your passwords um things like that uh, obviously if you haven't dabbled with chat gpt then you're good Whew. over your head dodge the bullet no worries and i mean it, this is kind of regional like this is popping up from the asia pacific region but um you know th- we've covered stories just recently where it's like hey this issue started in the UK, and then now it's coming to the States. So you just never know. It kind of pops up in waves. But, um, yeah, it's always good to be careful, you know. Always be vigilant out there. Um, I know I kind of debated you there. I don't really – this isn't a, you know, a deep conversation about ChatGPT today. We've done that. So um, that's it. That's the news. Um, if you'd like to help support the effort, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Uh, $5 a month, put you on the team, you become a newsie, I shout you out once a month, uh, also shout out any project, any kind of thing you're doing, um, as well, free ways to hit me up, isaiahnews1 at gmail.com, 
I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Twitter um, as well. I do have a YouTube if you're listening on that. Awesome. Hopefully you've hit the subscribe button. Trying to stack up as many subscribers as possible. Um, Also feel free to hit all the like buttons. uh, Do all the reviews. Um, Thank you so much for just listening. If you're still here, you're awesome. That's crazy. You listen to all of it. Top to back. Wow, wow, wow. You're so awesome. You're so great. You're so cool. Um, just thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. That alone, that is the best free way to help. You know what I mean? Just vibing with me. That's so cool. That's wild. You're wild for that, bestie. Um, so yeah, that's all I got for today. Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.